0: Welcome in to another edition of the WissSports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at WissSports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. It's been a while since we've gotten together. Uh, busy ju- month of June with a lot of state tournament action going on for the spring sports. And uh, you know, getting back to some some regularity as well. WFCA Clinic, a couple of all-state banquets for uh, basketball and football. Um, it, it was good to get back to some of those in-person type events as we uh, as we continue our our journey back to normalcy. And that's going to be our conversation today on the WSN podcast is this return to normalcy. How we've gotten here, what this last year has been like and and kind of recap the 2020 2021 high school sports year, high school sports season. And to do that on the podcast today, not just myself but our entire WSN staff joining that conversation. We have Mark Miller, our boys' basketball writer; Norbert Durst, our content manager and girls' basketball writer; and Colton Wilson, our content specialist here at WSN. Gentlemen, it's good to be uh, to be back together in uh, at least virtually on the call here, and, and put a little bit of a bow on this season. Uh, you know, let's let's kind of go back to go forward. First of all. Uh, Mark we we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about it on our podcast before. We talked about it on a little bit of a recap we did last year, but you know, it's been a long and winding 18 months or so when you think back to March of 2020 to this point here, you know, what are what are your thoughts on on what we've gone through in the last, this last 18 months, what uh what the athletes have gone through and you know kind of just your thoughts on what has happened and transpired in this last year.
1: I think more than anything else, it, uh, it, it just gives you uh, an appreciation for what's there when, when things are, are happening the way they should be. Um, obviously, we, we lost the state tournament uh, in, in 2020, and, and many players didn't get the opportunity to play uh, this past season in, what, in the Milwaukee and Madison schools. Um, and then, you know, some schools played, uh, many more games than others because of the pandemic. So, uh, in all sports, basketball included, obviously, uh, I think, uh, the pandemic more than anything else really, uh, gave people an appreciation for, um, how, how enjoyable, how important, and just, um, um, uh, you know, what a big part of the educational process high school athletics is. Um, for, for student athletes, for coaches, for parents, for officials, uh, for media, for uh, just fans in general. Um, it, it just uh, is something that when it's taken away, um, you realize just how uh, special and how big a part it, of your life it re- truly is.
0: Norm, as we go back to that time in March of last year, did you have any idea of what this would all turn into you know was there even a concept of no sports for the spring no state tournaments in basketball delayed season some teams not playing at all what was your thought back then is is we packed things up at the rush center and headed out
2: you know back then it was well you know give it a a month or two and that's kind of what you know i felt like at least i never in a you know million years as they say would have thought it would last this long or would have lasted as long as it has you know but you know it we we pushed through but you know it, it that year and a half or however long it's been it kind of makes you lose your mind a little bit uh, it's been tough on a lot of you know the us as well as the athletes but you know it's certainly wasn't something that I would have ever dreamed about happening in my lifetime and then having to you know see the athletes deal with some of these issues but push through so that's it brought a lot of adversity but it's like Mark said it was you know uh, it came out and for the most part we've got it figured out and we're able to play some games and uh, get back to somewhat normalcy.
0: So Colton last year we we get through the canceled season the canceled state tournament, the canceled spring sports and we move into that spring period last year where normally, just like the high school athletes, just like the high school teams, we would start those preparations for a new season to begin in the fall. And there was a lot of talk and there was a lot of uh, consternation and, you know, not, not sure what was going to be happening with sports at that time. And we ended up having uh, seasons pushed back. Um, you know, as we were getting ready last year in, in July and into August, uh, you know, what, what did you think was going to happen with this 2020-2021 school year?
3: I mean, even back then there was questions all around. So not knowing what was going to happen, I think I I had no idea. Um, There was talks of canceling football seasons, obviously the different seasons that got brought up between pushing back to spring. So even back then, just an air of confusion. And then finally getting into August and getting into a little bit of normalcy with the football season was nice. But still, early on, even in that fall season, there was just a lot of COVID cancellations. There was a lot of just a lot of the unconventional became conventional.
0: You know, that that flexibility, that uh, willingness to, um, you know, do things – different than what they had been, was a huge part of this year. We saw it not only at the school level, where teams, uh, you know, in, in, in the football season, especially in the fall, they'd, they'd, have, they'd lose a game on Thursday, and they'd pick up a game that afternoon on 24 hours notice or 36 hours notice, something that never, ever would have happened before. Um, we saw it at the school level, and we saw it at the WIAA level where there was so many changes this year uh, almost every single thing they did was changed whether it was the schedule or the uh, you know the, the seasons themselves the dates of the the seasons the dates of state tournaments the processes in season the state tournaments themselves how they were conducted many of the state tournaments saw different schedules different locations it was unbelievable the amount of flexibility and changes that that everybody went through and Mark, as, as you well know, having covered high school sports for uh, the better part of three-plus decades, the WIAA is a very easy target for criticism. And, and sometimes they bring it on themselves, certainly. But as you look back over this last 18 months, and especially this year, how would you grade or critique the response from the WIAA to what they had to deal with uh, with all of the pandemic stuff, with all of the regulations from DHS, with all of the different things going on, how do you think their response was in the course of this year?
1: Oh, wow, great question. I, I think that they did a tremendous job. Um, you know, just just the fact that we had state tournaments and competition, at least at some point during the school year and, and virtually all of the sports, um, is a huge accomplishment. And obviously these were waters that no other organization or um, our school district has had to deal with uh, in the past and at least in the <laughs> in the immediate past um, so uh, there's no playbook there was no uh, you know um, uh, prototype to follow to to know what to do or how to exactly handle it and i think that they listened to the the people that that had answers in terms of um, you know s- slowing or stopping the spread of covid 19 and they did things uh you know with that in mind throughout the school year and i I thought they did a a really good job and of course now we want to get back to um to quote unquote normal in the way things were prior to the pandemic and um the wia right now of course has new leadership um and some new employees and uh, uh it'll be interesting to see how they move forward but i think you know based on the on the start of the pandemic to where we are today, I'd have to give them an a I think they did a really fine job with with uh, navigating very difficult waters.
0: We're talking about uh, the the last school year the last eighteen months even in in how high school sports has adjusted changed talking with Nor- uh, Norbert Durst Mark Miller and Colton Wilson here from our WSM staff, I'm Travis Wilson Norb one of the interesting things that came out and and I wonder how much it really impacted what schools decided to do. It was a couple of different studies that were done by researchers here in Wisconsin. Uh, Dr. Tim McGoyne uh, and his group at UW-Madison uh, did some studies on the impact of uh, high school athletics, um, the, the shutdowns on the mental health of the athletes. They did that study in the, the springtime. Uh, they also did some studies. Uh, there were some studies that came out looking at you know the the prevalence of transmission of uh, of COVID nineteen uh, that they did in the fall in, in those studies uh, indicated that you know the that there wasn't any adjusted or, or increased risk of of uh, contraction of COVID nineteen based on high school sports participation. How much do you think those kinds of studies and in, in you know medical uh, things like that impacted the response from schools and potentially the WIAA
2: you know you got to look at those type of things because you know it's uh, high school sports are things that only last four years so you know to take that away from kids just going on a whim with something I think uh, you know was important for the WIAA to see well what can we do to uh, figure out how they can still play because as you mentioned mental health of you know, all of us is important, but you know, those high school kids, again, you have four years. So, um, you know, it's, it's a really great experience that some kids, you know, lost part of a season, maybe all of a season on. So um, really important for them to kind of look at all those things and make sure they're making the right call because, you know, you, there's a lot of places you could get, you can contract it, you know, you could have contracted it. So, you know, taking away sports, I don't think was the right thing. So I'm glad they were able to figure out a way for the, for those athletes to play.
0: And having something like that, something legitimate that you could stand on and say, hey, we're offering high school sports because we think it's beneficial and we think we can do it safely, along with the protocols that are offered by the WIAA. And here is you know, some proof, some some evidence that high school sports is not contributing to an increased spread in our community or in communities around the state. Having that that backing, I think, gave you know, athletic departments and school boards and superintendents—a a little bit of a, you know, a push to say, you know what, we can uh, we can get it done, and there's there's ways that it can work. So, uh, Colton, you were uh, you know right in the mix of things as the JV basketball coach, uh, boys basketball coach at Richland Center. It was quite a a ride that we went through this year. You know, in the in the fall early on, a lot of places were somewhat back to normal you know the summertime last year was after the mask mandate got shut down or uh, the the stay-at-home order got shut down and before the mask mandate came into play you know things were opened up pretty good in a lot of parts of the state anyway in in our rural area Um, the fall comes along there's a surge that that comes out and, and things get you know the the mask mandate gets put in place and there were some additional regulations we go into the winter Masks for, for athletes was a big topic. It ended up working, I guess, in, in, in as much as we were able to offer a season. Spring sports, you know, things improved. The vaccine came available and, and we moved forward. But as a coach and as somebody that had to navigate this on a daily basis, what was your experience like uh, just going through all the different protocols, all the different requirements uh, over the course of a three or four month basketball season?
3: Well, first of all, I hope I never have to hear the words masks up again, because that just the frustration from the players and obviously the refs and everybody involved, no one wanted to wear the things, but the kids, I think, did a very good job of doing whatever they could to stay out on the court. Um, Personally, from the Richmond Center standpoint, I think the administration did a great job of navigating the waters of cancellations of protocols of getting fans in there getting people in there safely and everything um but that four or five month season it was different i mentioned it earlier but the unconventional became conventional you know sanitizing balls before during after practice practices were structured completely differently about midway through the season we played uh, mount horeb and just their, what they their experiences up to that point in the season are so different than ours. We started practice in November. They didn't start until after the New Year, and even then, when they were practicing, they couldn't have any sort of scrimmaging. They couldn't. Everything was skill based, and we were able to scrimmage a little bit, but still, just the structure of everything was completely different, and adjustments were made. But overall, it the kids did their best, the administration did a great job and we got to do we got to play basketball so
0: I promise we are going to talk about what actually happened in high school sports this year, but we we obviously can't overlook some of the uh, the big stories involved with uh, with this unique season um, nor we 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 talked about this before I know on a podcast after the basketball season ended, but I, I want to put a little bit of a, a pin in it too you know this the the different state tournament setups that were uh that were in place for almost every state tournament this year especially the the winter sports where you know multiple locations different schedules you, you had essentially a mini division tournament every day um your thoughts on how that went compared to maybe what we thought we might get in December and January
2: well you know as far as how it went i think it it went about as smoothly as you can ask for i mean you know, obviously teams or some teams at least were, were upset about having to play a couple games during one day as far as the basketball uh, tournament went but you know again it's you know making it work for all for all the sports to happen you know they had to make some the WI had to make changes um, and you know as far as the um, you know, it's, the end goal is to let those the athletes decide the, the state titles themselves. And, you know, in most of the sports, they were able to. So I think, you know, it went about as smooth as you can ask for, especially, again, when you have, um, you know, different venues. So you're um, – everyone's split. So, you know, there's the time issue sometimes. But, uh, you know, it, it went pretty smooth for having to deal with what we had to deal with this season.
0: Mark, from a basketball perspective – anything that we got this year that was an adjustment that was different that you think is worthwhile to at least consider looking at moving forward
1: uh maybe wiping down the benches between games would be a good idea um (laughs) um, you know between the freshman and jv and jv and varsity and so forth um as far as other things uh Boy, nothing immediately pops to mind. I mean, obviously, we want to have people in the stands, and we don't want to have to, the kids to wear masks. Um, so we'd like to, you know, get get back to a regular situation in, in regards to those two items. Um,
0: how, uh, how about how I, about structures of the season and structures of the state tournament? Some of the changes that we yeah. saw there. Any anything that you think should be no, considered? I, I don't. I
1: don't think any of that really was uh, something to, to hang on to. You know, I. Uh, obviously we want to have the state tournament in one location instead of two locations. Uh, you want to give the, the teams, uh, a true state tournament experience. Uh, you know, they play one game one day, and then, uh, you know, the, the semifinals on one day and the championship on a different day. Um, You know as far as the spreading out of the of the teams within the regionals and sectionals uh the equal number of teams in each division i thought that had some merit and maybe could could possibly be looked at again um but other other than that travis i i really think that the way things were before was was much more uh preferable to to the adjustments that needed to be made last year
0: so uh, after the winter sports season wrapped up, we had that uh, that alternate fall season that occurred in the spring. Um, it, you know, it, uh, it depended on where you were. I think on what that experience was like. Uh, uh, roughly twenty to thirty percent of teams, depending on the sport, took part in that alternate season. Uh, it was interesting, right, uh, to have football in the spring, to have you know something uh, like that going on. Um, you know, from from my perspective, covering football in the spring, it was it was interesting. It was kind of nice to have a little bit of a change of pace. But as I've said before, it's not something I ever want to have to do again. Uh, you know, we we don't ever want to have to split our seasons like that again. In uh, talking to a lot of coaches during the course of that, that season, as the season went along, there was definitely a sense of by the end of the year, kids were kind of moving on. They had you know, had their fill, and they were ready for spring sports to begin. Um, you know, it was hard to keep kids' attention week six and week seven when there was no playoffs, there was no carrot at the end of the stick. Uh, you know, they were they were starting to transition, but it was interesting. It, it was a, a good opportunity for those kids to get something to cap off their senior season. Now, unfortunately, not everybody participated. Uh, the Milwaukee schools and the Madison schools did not uh, did not participate in that alternate season, which was kind of interesting, right? Because if you remember back to, you know, August timeframe last year, it was some of those schools that were pushing the hardest to move schedules around and move dates and, um, and, you know, make, make adjustments. And then they ended up not even playing, not only the winter sports season, but that, that alternate fall sports season either. So, uh, it was, it was a, a, a change. It was, it was different. But that meant, of course, that spring sports had a different schedule this year. Usually, spring sports would have begun uh, mid-March with uh, track practices and pitcher and catcher workouts. That all got pushed back into uh, into April and later, with games starting. The bulk of games happening in uh, in May and June. Norb is a formal high school former high school baseball player. What did you think of? That change in seasons. There's been a lot of talk over the years uh, amongst coaches. You know, we used to have obviously a spring season and a summer season, and there was a lot of coaches that felt like we should do a hybrid. We should do a sprummer season that starts almost exactly like this schedule that we had this year. How do you think it went? What would your thoughts be as a, a, a baseball player? You know, having that different schedule where you start roughly in May and you end your season end of June and, and maybe into July.
2: I like that schedule personally. Uh, you know, that early portion of April when you're, or, you know, end of March into April, that's, uh, you know, the snow's still happening. There's lots of mud. Just think about how many games are usually postponed, um, you know, in starting in May with games gives you a little bit better of a chance to actually go out and play games and a little bit better weather, um, not better on the hands and just, more enjoyable overall. I mean, we all enjoy maybe diving in the mud here and there, but uh, being able to play the games and not have to deal with really terrible conditions and being able to practice outside, I think that's huge. So, you know, as far as spring sports go, I think you know um, having a schedule similar to this would be beneficial for them, you know, for for that aspect. And you know, I thought you know with with uh, that that alternate uh, fall fall season uh, right before there, it gave them a chance to have a little bit better season. Uh, especially after losing that uh, that 2020 season, this kind of gave them an opportunity to not only have a season, but play in a little bit better weather.
0: It it, it will be interesting to see if that tra- if that idea gains any traction, right? I, I know that one of the big concerns from people was if you push the season back, the more you push it back, the more chance you have of losing those senior kids, right? The kids that just want to be done with school and they don't really care about what else goes on after that, or kids that want to be able to play club sports, AAU basketball, club soccer, you know, club baseball, whatever it might be in that uh, in that June time period that is is very important for some of them. So um, I know there were some athletes that, that did get lost due to, to those reasons and the competing schedules, but, you know, talking about flexibility the WI did add some additional opportunities for those kids to go and play in some of those non-school events during the season. And I do think it is at least worth exploring. And and I I wonder how much discussion the the Baseball Coaches Association, the Soccer Softball Coaches Associations will have about whether this is worth pursuing and looking into um, and what that would mean for everything else, right? If if there's going to be a month gap between the end of basketball and the beginning of spring sports, does that mean you push basketball back? Does that mean you adjust other dates or do you just give kids a month break? I mean, is there, you know, is, is there anything wrong with that? So uh, really interesting uh, conversations to watch going forward, I think, to see if, if that gains any traction. Before we move on, one, one more thing. Um, we have not seen anything yet. We have not seen any official protocols, recommendations, guidelines come out from the WIAA yet. I have a feeling that we will not see uh, any coming out, that there will not be any specific guidelines or procedures, requirements from the WIAA, and they will leave it up to the schools to decide if they're going to have any protocols in place. Um, and I think many schools will have no protocols in place. I, I think obviously masking is going to be gone pretty much everywhere. Um, I, I don't think you'll see spectator limits at most places. I don't think you'll see you know much of of, of those kinds of things even the quarantine and contact tracing I think um, is going to be left up to schools i I, I believe uh, and I, I already have talked to schools that have said yeah' we're, we're not contact tracing if if uh, you know we'll notify somebody if, if they're if they're uh, a contact, but then it's going to be up to that parent to decide if they keep the kids out for 10 days or they don't. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a lot of a return to normalcy. But uh, Colton, as you, as you look forward, anything you anticipate, anything you think that, that we might see different this fall, or are we going to be largely back to normal, back to 2019 normalcy?
3: You know, I'd like to think that we'll be back to that normalcy, um, especially with the fall season. The Most of the sports outside of volleyball being outdoors, the mask mandates will pretty much be unnecessary as they were in the spring. And, I mean, we even saw it towards the end of the spring season. The contact tracing with regards to COVID was a lot different than it was in the fall. So hopefully come August we're... We're right back to where we started in 19.
0: Norb or Mark, anything you guys are hearing on any schools plans for, for the fall, for the, the resumption of the, the high school sports season.
1: Uh, I, I haven't heard anything uh, in terms of changes or um, schools, not, not, you know, having any sports. So uh, I, I, I think that at this point, you know, based on uh, what I've seen at our summer tournaments for basketball, that uh, most of the districts are now making masks optional. In fact, uh, all of them that I know of. Um, And, you know, if you want to wear a mask, fine. But if you don't, then you don't have to as long as uh, they're not checking to see if you're vaccinated or taking your temperature at the door or anything like that anymore. So um, I think uh, what you see in society is probably going to be mirrored at the high school sports level in the fall.
0: Out of curiosity, Mark, has anybody been wearing masks at the, the summer tournaments that you've done and, and been to so far?
1: Uh, very few, very few. No players. Um, you know, some of the elderly perhaps that are there to watch their grandchildren play. Uh, maybe one or two officials, but uh, by and large, very, very few.
0: Interesting. Well, boys, uh, let's let's move on and let's let's talk about the actual stuff that happened on the court, on the field, on the, the matches this year. Um, Mark, let's start with you. What anything that stands out, uh, or maybe a moment that stands out, a game that stands out that you know you looked at and said, "Wow, that that was pretty awesome." This is a, a moment, a game, a, a performance to remember from this high school sports season.
1: Wow. Um, yeah, I think a couple things stand out from the boys' basketball perspective. I think uh, Oshkosh-Lourdes winning winning at the buzzer on that uh, um, basket by Nathan Slaughter and then him running off the floor uh, uh, in, uh, in lacrosse, I, I thought that was a, a very uh, special moment for certainly for, for the Lourdes program and, and those involved from Lourdes. But just kind of brought back the magic of March just in general for everybody who saw that and watched it live. Um, I, you know, I think Pewaukee really, uh, um, really showed just, you know, how talented they are and just how good of a team they have this year when they won the Division Two title. And you could say the very same about Wauwatosa East in Division I. Um, I thought Ford really dominated in, in, in Division Five, and I thought Racine St. Catharines really dominated in Division Three. So, um, you know, I was just very happy that the, the kids got the opportunity to participate in the state tournament this year even though, obviously, we didn't have all schools involved. Um, and uh, I, I think the one moment that, you know, as I reflect back on it, the one moment that stands out to me was that basket by by Nathan Slaughter that uh, won the state title uh, for, for Lourdes, uh, you know, in the last second of the game.
0: And, Mark, a little bit of breaking news. While we were recording the podcast a little bit earlier, Nick Bennett stepping down at Racine St. Catharines after leading them to a state title last year and, possibly would have been a state title the year before prior to COVID shutdown uh, just real quick if you could touch on that
1: yeah yeah I was texting with Nick earlier today and uh, he's got some personal issues that he's dealing with and they're out of his control so he's going to step away for a year he's going to continue to teach at the school um, but uh, uh, for this upcoming year uh, I know he's got some small kids so you know it might have something to do with that um, the demands obviously are, are very heavy and um, for for coaches these days especially those that have small families um excuse me that have families so uh uh yeah it's a, it's a, a, an interesting development there and you know we've had other coaches that have stepped down as well uh, we keep the running list of course on our on our boys basketball site of uh, boysports.net. so um you know steve show walter getting back in at uh, at dominican i think was another big story uh, the former germantown coach uh, a lot of people are, are wondering how that's going to go, and you know how good Dominican will be going forward, and uh, it'll be interesting to monitor that. And of course, now that with July uh, coming around the corner here for both boys and girls basketball, it's a big time uh, uh, for the AAU circuit to see you know what what scholarship offers kids get. And, uh, so it, it's it's busy. It's back to quote unquote normal. Um, kids are playing. They're traveling all over the country to play. Uh, college coaches get the opportunity to actually go out and watch kids. Uh, beginning tomorrow, I believe, and uh, at least at the Division One level, those coaches haven't been out for a long time. So, um, of course, I did get some 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 time in in June uh, for scholastic events. But as far as watching them uh, in uh, on shoe circuits or just uh, in AAU tournaments in general, this would be the first time uh, in almost two years. So, um, yeah, uh, Nick stepping away is a big story and. Uh, we wish him well, hope he does well, and I'm sure he'll get back in coaching at some point in the future.
0: Coaches never completely go away, right? They always come back in some form or another, whether taking another job somewhere else or coming back as an assistant somewhere. Even the old guys, when they retire after 30, 40 years of coaching, they, they stick around somewhere somehow for the most part. So uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll see Coach Bennett back. Norb, what things stand out to you when you look at the last year of uh, of high school sports action and obviously you're our, our girls basketball expert what uh, what things stand out to you on the court from this past year
2: it was uh, those win streaks that ended at the state tournament uh, three lakes shocking uh, Blackhawk who had won 75 consecutive games um, assumption did knock off three lakes in a title game but that was a huge huge victory for three lakes there and lake mills ended Aquinas' 37-game winning streak in the uh, D3 title game. So a couple big streaks ending there. And, you know, Notre Dame, uh, dominant in Division II, uh, Germantown led by K.K. Arnold, you know, the, the big standout. She's got loads of Division I offers, uh, dominating Division I. Also of note, you know, uh, losing uh, Maddie Wilkie for Beaver Dam. Beaver Dam had won three consecutive before this year, trying to 4 but unfortunately she suffered that torn ACL in December and, and uh, then moving up to division one, while, you know, it would have been maybe difficult still to beat German uh, Germantown, but with Maddie Wilkie, the best player in the state, um, that would have obviously have been a different game, but um, it's, you know, it, it's nice to see the kids be able to, to go back and actually uh, take home gold balls this year after the two- 2020 season ending the way it did. Um, but very exciting, you know, lots of good teams. Those, again, those, those win streaks that ended. It's always exciting to see streaks start and, and see how far they're going to go and then you know see who's going to knock teams off. So it uh, really made for an exciting basketball season.
0: You mentioned Maddie Wilkie. Uh, very unfortunate uh, for, for her to get injured, and we also saw Patrick Baldwin Jr. on the boys' side get injured early on and, and miss uh, essentially the entire year. Uh, I did have a chance to talk to, to Maddie Wilkie's father last month. Uh, he was at the WFCA mm-hmm. clinic and uh, said she's progressing nicely, that she's, you know, on on pace and in doing some some early workout stuff, and they they hope to get her back obviously at the University of Wisconsin, and uh, and get her back at some point. I, I don't know what their plan is this year. You would think likely a redshirt season for her, but uh, would would love to see her get back to full strength and, and make an impact for the Badgers and, and their new head coach as they uh, as they move forward. Colton, uh, what what things stand out to you on the court, on the diamond, on the field over the last uh, this last school year, 2020 two thousand
3: twenty two thousand twenty one? Piggybacking off Mark, but the, I think the most fun moment, or from a media perspective, was that Lords uh, Prairie School game, the uh, last second shot. Seeing that in person, it's always fun, uh, especially at a state tournament championship level to see. A buzzer beater is always great. But on a personal level, watching, being able to be a part of the Richmond Center team that took home, you know, the first conference championship in a while was pretty sweet. Pretty sweet to be a part of. Um, not necessarily on the field, but being able to watch so many different games during the football and basketball seasons because of teams. Streaming and going to the streaming route so much due to the um, cap capacity on spectators was pretty awesome. Got to see a lot of teams that you normally wouldn't during the year, so I feel like that's something that'll probably moving forward will be a little bit more of a norm.
0: And and that's one of the you know few good things that I think did come out of this is that ability to uh, to kind of speed up that process of teams adopting technology and, and streaming technology to uh, to share their games with their fans, whether they use that as a uh, a revenue generator and, and you know, sell uh, sell subscriptions to watch those. I know there were several schools that were very successful with it. In fact, mosquito Football uh, told me that they were selling 6,000 uh, subscriptions, uh, or maybe it was Maybe they were making six thousand dollars i can 't remember what it was six thousand was the number I remember, but they were making a, a you know a pretty good uh, headway on using that as a revenue generator. Some schools <coughs> excuse me looked at it as more of a a marketing and promotion thing to be able to share the games with their school with their community with their parents with their relatives um, and and did not charge for those so that's going to be an interesting dynamic moving forward, but I think you're right it's here to stay you're going to see more and more of that. And from our perspective, it's awesome. Uh, we we love to, to be able to to watch more games, and to be able to do so that way is is pretty cool. And uh, shameless plug, if you will, but uh, you know we, we would love to uh, to see more of that, obviously. And uh, our our friends at VNN have some great tools to be able to help people do that. Uh, in, in part with our uh, our good friends at uh, Just a Game uh, Streaming Service, have some uh, some great technology, some great uh, opportunities to be able to stream games and, uh, and and even make some some revenue out of that. So uh, be sure to, to, to check those things out if you're a school, if if you're somebody that's wondering how it can be done. Uh, there's there's ways to do it, and and again, VNN not only can help provide you with uh, a website with you know some of those basic things, but things like streaming, things like digital ticketing, which moved forward considerably this year. Um, you know, some of those other things that, that go into running a high school athletic department, VNN has all those tools, including the streaming. Uh, and again, our, our friends at uh, Just a Game very much involved in that. Uh, as I look back over the last year, I think the, the big story for me, from my perspective, in addition to some of the things you guys hit on, as the football writer, it was very interesting to see the dynamic of the two different seasons. And Football was the only sport that did not have some kind of state championship in the fall. There was a culminating event, but it was not a state championship. Um, it wasn't, a, you know, a, a fully bracketed tournament. We uh, we got some very good matchups out of that, but you know, having two different seasons and having a couple of really dominating teams really made for some interesting, you know, talk and conversation and. Who's better, Muskego or Fond du Lac? That was a big storyline, obviously. Muskego dominated in the fall. I got a chance to see them, I think it was three times in person, including when they dominated a very good Menominee Falls team in that last game of the year. And then in the spring season, Fond du Lac with uh, Braylon Allen and Kyle Waljasper and a very talented group there, they uh, they came through and, and went undefeated and then, of course, just demolished a very good Kimberly team in the last game of the year. One of those what could have been, right? What what might have happened uh, if we would have gotten a Fond du Lac versus Muskego game? That that dyam- that dynamic that you know we we don't know was uh, was a big part of the conversation in high school football this year, kind of like it was in basketball last year, where the state tournaments got canceled and we were left to wonder, would Saint Catharines have have dominated in Division Three? Would Beaver Dam uh, girls had a four-peat fourpeat? in, uh, in hoops last year. So, um, a lot of what ifs, but that was, uh, one of the big, um, you know, big things that I re- remember. Muskego's dominance in the fall and Fond du Lac's dominance in the spring. And, and that Fond du Lac-Kimberly game was, uh, was really one of the more entertaining games that I've, uh, that I've ever been to. So, uh, guys, as we look forward to, uh, to this fall and the beginning of a new high school sports season, Uh, what are some storylines to watch in in your sports that you cover or just in general, you know, outside of, as we talked about already, if there's going to be any protocols or guidelines in place. But uh, Mark, what are, you know, what are the couple big storylines in high school hoops as we move into a new year very soon?
1: Well, uh, that's a great question. I, you know, after watching a lot of teams play here in June, um, I think we have some, some programs that are really going to be very, very good uh, this upcoming season, particularly in Division II. Uh, although at this point, I'm not quite sure what schools will be in what divisions um, because the WIA hasn't come out with the sectional pairings yet uh, for boys and girls basketball. Um, but obviously, Pete Walkie's got a, a very good team coming back and has uh, you know, almost all of its guys back uh, from last year's state championship team. So I look for them to be very, very good. I think the greater Metro is going to be pretty open this year in terms of uh, of who's going to win it. You know, Brookfield East and Central both had heavy graduation losses, but also returned some really good players. Menominee Falls has the best player in the state, Seth Trimble, who committed to North Carolina. Um, I think Wauwatosa East, despite losing four starters, uh, has probably the second best player in the state, Leon Bond. Uh, so those will be uh, that league obviously is always one to watch and, and to see I think the classic eight will be improved and, and very deep this this upcoming year um, as far as the smaller schools as Cuba, I think Cuba City is going to be really really strong again uh, this upcoming season um, they uh, they did have some graduation losses but uh, they they also have some very talented players returning and some newcomers I think that are going to surprise some people with just how good they really are so yeah um, yeah, you know, from an individual perspective, we we probably don't have anyone quite on the level of Patrick Baldwin Jr. But we do have some really good players. I mentioned two of them already. Um, I think Martin Luther is is a is a, a team to keep an eye on, particularly if Jeff Brazil gets healthy and uh, gets his eligibility, which he should should have for next year after sitting out this past year. Um, it'll be interesting to see where what school or if Tayshawn Bridges will attend school in Wisconsin after he played some at Brookfield East as a freshman and, and then sat out the rest of the year. Uh, he's considered one of the one of the top uh, rising sophomores in the state. And uh, so those are a couple of the storylines uh, uh, as far as the uh, boys basketball situation goes. You know, it'll be nice to see teams back playing 24 games, playing a full conference schedule, uh, playing in holiday tournaments, and then, of course, playing in the regional sectional and state tournament. Uh, some of those things that uh, we had to give up last year, uh, will be back hopefully uh, next season.
0: Norb, as we look forward to a new school year, a new girls basketball season, what are, what are some of the stop, top storylines in, in girls hoops and, and that you're looking to follow?
2: Well, Germantown's looking to uh, to repeat. You know, uh, They did lose Jalen Acker, but they got KK Arnold back and you know, I'm sure she's uh, ready for this year and are, you know, playing a lot of ball this summer, of course, but ready for the next season to try to bring home another gold ball. Appleton East, you know, you expect them to do well, so, you know, maybe those two teams could collide in a, a state championship game. And in Division Two, I mean, it's uh, Notre Dame had a very dominant year, uh, beat uh, Reedsburg in the title game, and maybe we see those same two teams in the title game again. Uh, Reedsburg returns everyone, so it should be uh, very interesting that way. Um, lower divisions, a uh, little bit different. I think uh, you know there's been quite a bit of talent loss, especially when you talk about Black uh, uh, Blackhawk losing Bailey Butler, Mishicot losing a lot of uh, strong players, uh, Assumption who won D5, you know, lost a lot of kids, uh, so, so IT should be a little different there. But uh, those those uh, Division One and Division Two, I think there's a lot of talent those levels, um, as as noted, and you know I, I think it's going to be a really exciting year to see, you know, and um, who who may be some of those young freshmen uh, sophomores that maybe didn't play as much last year to step up um, you know because you got teams like the appear that are looking to take that next take that next step forward as well get to the state tournament uh, uh jordan muleman's on that team really nice player um so it's again a lot of talent a lot of exciting players so um, really looking forward to the next season
0: Colton, you don't necessarily have a specific uh, you know, sport that you cover as your primary one, but uh, what are some things that, that you're maybe looking forward to, some storylines, players, moments, uh, whatever it might be here in the upcoming season?
3: I think the biggest thing is just seeing all the teams get back on the field, on the court, on the pitch, wherever it is. The I mean, the Madison-Milwaukee schools haven't played for a year and a half, so seeing them get back out there. In football and basketball and you know how that will affect state tournaments how that will affect playoff runs just adding to the overall depth of talent and being able to see those kids that had a year taken away from them getting back out there is going to be great and then just in the fall season hopefully november getting back to camp randall and watching a state football tournament it's something that i look forward to and i'm sure Trav, you do as well every year and having a year without it be nice to get back
0: Absolutely. Some some things that I'm looking forward to here in the, the next uh, next school year, especially from a football perspective, you know the, the Wisconsin Badgers have had a pretty good run of in-state commitments recently with Joe Brunner, um, JTC Greaves, Barrett Nelson. Um, you know a, a pretty strong group of kids in this 2022 class, but there are a couple of really really good elite level linemen sitting out there still weighing their decisions. Uh, Billy Shrouth from Fond du Lac St Mary Springs. And then Carson Hinsman from St. Croix Central. Uh, interesting to see if the Badgers can keep both of those guys home. Um, you know, the Ohio States and Notre Dames of the world are in are are, are hard after those guys, so it'll be tough. But I, I think we'll see I, I think we'll see both of them make their decision before the season starts. So, you know, they're on commitment watch in the next few weeks here. Um, and I think Wisconsin's got a pretty decent chance of landing both of them and in, in really putting together a strong group from this in-season uh, or in-state 2022 class. Last year was supposed to be the first year of this statewide football realignment uh, that, that took place a couple years ago, uh, implemented for the first time last year. But with all of the changes, with the, the split seasons and everything else, we really didn't get a, a full feel. For what that was going to mean and how it was going to impact things, so I'm very much looking forward to how that will impact things. Where teams are playing the same number of conference games, where there's teams moved around to different conferences, and uh, you know it's it's going to be interesting to see how things play out with that uh, in in this uh, technically second year, but really first year of uh, of implementation. And I am, uh, I guess optimistic and and looking forward to, but also a little bit concerned about what we're going to see out of some of these, these teams and schools that did not get to play at all last year and the impact it's going to have Uh, talking to some people in the Milwaukee city conference. They are very concerned about what the basically full year cancellations is going to do to their athletics in, in Milwaukee, which already normally faces significant challenges um, to just get kids out and get kids playing Um, in, in the spring baseball season, the Milwaukee city conference had three teams out of that entire city conference, which serves tens of thousands of, of students. Um, I can't remember how many they usually have, but it's obviously more than that. It's, it's 10 or 15. Normally the the Milwaukee city conference has 14 football teams. So how many are we going to see actually play football in the Milwaukee city conference? Is it going to be? Fourteen. I, I would be a little surprised if they all are able to come back and play. Is it going to be ten? Is it going to be eight? Uh, what what long term impact is this shutdown going to have on on schools like the MPS schools, um, where again, as as big as they are, they have troubles getting kids out, and, and coaches are very concerned about. Uh, you know, they they basically have lost a year plus of in school uh, uh, as well. So they don't even know you know, what kids are doing, where they are, what they've been doing. Many kids have taken part-time jobs because the job market is so strong right now, um, and, and they're very fearful about what this is going to do. The Madison schools, I think, are in a little better position, obviously, but still, you don't know what that's going to mean for football and basketball teams in Madison that did not participate at all last year, and, and how many kids they might lose, and, and how it's going to impact things. So concerned about those uh those schools and and what it's going to mean for those teams but optimistic and and positive in terms of those teams at least getting back on the field and those athletes getting back to to doing what they love guys it has been a very uh very different year one that we obviously never hope to replicate it is very encouraging that we are moving forward and that um it looks like we're going to have very limited, or in many places, no restrictions. That we're going to be back to some, uh, you know, significant sense of normalcy in life, in high schools and in high school athletics. So we're looking forward to getting at it. There's going to be a lot of information coming out on WISSPORTS.net, of course, over the next uh, next few weeks and, and coming month as we prepare for the fall sports to get underway. You've already seen uh, our, our team rankings, our preseason team rankings for football are almost complete. Uh, Division one will be out later today. Uh, conference previews will start in a couple weeks. Player rankings for the 2022 class will be out. You'll also start seeing some uh, preseason information for some of the other fall sports as well. Norbert and Mark are hard at work on basketball stuff. Uh, obviously, summer basketball stuff going on, but also preview and in. in getting ready for the new season speaking of new seasons you can start to see you know schedules and rosters and all that good stuff coming out on WSN very soon as well as we start to flip the, the calendar over to the 2021-2022 high school sports season that will do it for us today though uh, Norb Mark Colton uh, as always thanks for your time and, and expertise and chiming in on uh, on this unique year Uh, And we'll be back at it soon. We'll uh, we'll get together very soon and and do something together. And obviously our, our podcast will continue each week as we gear up for the fall sports. Guys, thanks again. For Norbert, for Mark, for Colton, I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WSN podcast. We'll see you at a game.